1: This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN.
2: He is a former Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, played some great years with the New York Jets. He is a SNY football insider and co-host of The Morning Man on Sirius Satellite Radio. He is Willie Colon. Hey, Willie, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Larry? How's everything? Everything is great, my friend. Uh, First question. (laughs) First question. How disappointed are you in the Yankees, and have you now changed the color of that truck that used to have Yankees all over?
3: <laughs> no, the, the truck is going to stay the same. Disappointment, yes. Um, I told them, kind of, you know, I thought this was going to be a get back weekend uh, for the lineup for the guys, but it, you know, didn't happen. I walk off, from running hurt. You know, what I mean, the Yankees had the most uh, any 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 ML, any MLB club, so. It's uh, it, it was troubling, but listen, man, you know, I don't know if it's Cashman's head. I don't know whose head needs to roll, but something needs to happen. The boys aren't playing up to par, at least to the standard we're used to, um, and it's evident out there, so we'll see what happens. Well, uh, you know, it, it looks like it's uh, it's coming to an end, but hopefully we can rally.
2: Willie, if they are on the 500, everybody's head might be rolling it down River Avenue. <laughs>
3: right, right. You know, it's tough, man, because it's like, you know, outside of our, you know, standing and judge, you know, I, I think... Yankees are 6-10 and 10 since Judge has been back. Um, you know, been having a pretty good year, but Stanton has been a no-show. LeMahill's been a no-show no for us, you know, and it's been sloppy infield play. The Yankees just aren't, you know, this is a bad year, so uh, it's tough to swallow, but, you know, you got to fight on. Hopefully something can happen uh, as lately, but nothing has happened.
2: Yeah, I hear you. All right, Willie, uh, your thoughts when you found out and heard that the Jets signed Dalvin Cook?
3: Well, first talked about the Ezekiel Elliott news. Uh mm. I, I thought Zeke was gonna stay west somehow. Um, but I'm I'm not surprised. Belichick's only gonna put together an outfit that's gonna be able to beat uh and get it done. Uh as far as Dalvin Cook, man, I'm I'm surprised by that. You know, he had been on record talking about how he wanted to kind of stay home and play in Miami. I thought that was deal was going to find his uh find way into fruition considering that he already visited the Jets, especially in training camp, and nothing came out of it. I was surprised the Jets was going to let let him leave the building. Uh so I was surprised that the Jets away were able kinda as the young kids say, uh spin the blocking and, and go and go get him. And they were able to do so. And I that's a credit to Aaron Rodgers taking that big pay cut. He knew that he was gonna have to need the Jets are gonna need some room to make moves, uh with the with the guys that was already in free agency. And they did. They got a running back and Dalvin Cook who's pretty damn good running back at that.
2: Uh Willie, is this uh, an admission that maybe Brees Hall is not where they wanna be and also we don't have to rush him now?
3: You know, it's tough, man. I, I've said this, and I've been on record saying it. You know, coming off of ACL, very few backs can bounce back and, and, and be an, go back to being an impact player like Brees was in his first year. Um, you look at Saquon, how long it took took him to kind of get going and look like the Saquon of old. Um, and ACL is tricky, man, because you're talking about a guy who has to, you know, shift weight, cut, plant, get hit on it, land, fall, twist. There's a lot of things there. There's a lot of variables to possibly re-injuring that knee and they need a running back. They not only need a running back, they need a running back that's a willing blocker, uh, especially in the pass protection game, especially on third down. So with all that said, man, you you can't just bring anybody in here. Yeah, Michael Carter's up for the job. Um, you know, Brees is out there. You know, if, when he's out there, he's up for the job. But you need somebody reliable, and Dalvin's obviously a proven running back, Pro Bowl running back. He's played at a high level. I know him and Aaron are going to hit it off. It's just a matter of, you know, when do they kind of let Brees out? Is he going to be on a pitch count? How do they use him, um, and how do they, you know, make sure they're doing right by him? And I think Dalvin Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook, is the ultimate security net for that.
2: Uh, Willie, can you see them using Brees Hall in like the like third down situations or second and long situations to give a different, a different view on how you have to like defend?
3: Well, you got to understand this team has last year was a stretch zone team, right? So a lot oh. of things was trying to get into the perimeter. Um, this year, because of some of the size they got, especially in the draft, drafting Joe Tippmann, who's six six. Um, you obviously got Lincoln Thompson, you got Connor McGovern, you got some size on at the tackle position. They're, they're looking to go more north south. They want to go downhill. Uh, so with that, that's, that shoots right up Devin Cooks, um, alley. Brees Hall is definitely was able to do that in college. Uh, so where they use him is, is going to be up to them. Uh, but this is what you know. This is an offense where. They they may have a mixture of both. You know they may be able to say, hey, Brees is used to we're going to use him more outside, and Dalvin you, you're used to going downhill, so we're going to stuff it in there between the tackles. So I think it just adds more range to the offense. It gives gives them more options. And at the end of the day, it's a matter of what that five is going to look like up front, who they're going to be, and what they're going to look like. But they got the running back, so they can get it done.
2: Willie Colon's my guest. All right, Willie, let's let's talk about what you saw. Once again, we get it. It's preseason. Uh, but I was curious in Robert Sala's response. Earlier in the, you know, co-practices with Carolina, Right. Uh, there was some issues. Aaron Rodgers tried to play it down, but the media made it clear he wasn't real happy with the way the offensive line played. And then Sala mm-hmm. rewarded them by putting them, giving them pretty good amount of, of run in the first quarter when you normally don't see a lot of starters in the first quarter. Uh, what did you see? From the offensive line and what do they need to do to get better
3: just continue to play together continue to drill gel um you know offensive line plays about coordination and chemistry and those guys just have to you know it's been kind of a uh swinging game at the position you talk about Dwayne brown and the card then trying to figure themselves out mike max Mitchell trying to figure themselves out uh elijah's coming off an injury you know connor and joe titman they're kind of you know swinging back and forth so it's imagine. It's a matter of finding that five who's going to be out there, and being able to get those guys to play together and be on the same same of course. So that's ultimately what it is. When you got guys thinking and moving and talking at the on the same beat, that's when you start moving and getting the things you want out of certain plays in the offense as a whole. So I'm not. I wasn't too worried about it. I know Aaron. Aaron is probably feels the pressure solely because listen. Let's be honest, Larry. They they open the game against Buffalo on Monday night. Right, there's no bigger stage to open the season. You can talk about Sunday night football, but Monday night is where, from your grandmama to the baker to your to your delivery man to uh, your ex-girlfriend, everybody's gonna be watching that game. And by the way, they're playing an in in-div- division rival against a very solid defense and a very good team in the Buffalo Bills. So he knows what's ahead of him. He understands that those first six games for the New York Jets is going to be tough. It's going to be brutal. It's not going to be easy. And so he has to make sure everybody, including that offensive line, is on par is playing at the level he expects to play in. So it's just a matter of getting those guys out together and keep and keep fine tuning that thing. It's gonna take some time. It's not gonna be pretty out the gate. Um but Aaron knows he has to get those guys ready to go mentally up front.
2: Now Makai Becton had twenty was on the field for twenty seven plays. That's a positive. That might be the most he's right. played what, two years <laughs> at least. Um All Right, All right where does where does he get to the point, Willie, where the injury has healed and it doesn't hurt in his head anymore because it it probably doesn't hurt much in the knee, but it's probably still hurting in his head. When will he he trust that the surgery has taken care of what it needs to do?
3: Yeah, it's it's spot on because I thought, I saw a lot of clips of him during the Carolina Carolina practice, man. And you tell a lot of times he's not, it's not, it's not a physical thing. You tell he's, he's, he's thinking instead of reacting and that's the worst place to be as a football player. The game's too fast. You need just you got to hone in on your mechanics, and you got to be a ball player and be able to rack. Not everything's going to be pretty. Not everything's going to be perfect. But a couple of clips I saw him on one-on-one, especially against Ryan Burns, you tell him he's, he's guessing out there. He's trying to do the right thing at the right time at the right moment, and that's just not football, man. You got to be out there and, and ball. Because his rookie year, when he was balling, he was fantastic. He's able to use his length. He can move his feet really well. Obviously, that's this is his pre-knee injury. But he was doing a lot of things that you want to see out of generation, generation, size, talent. Like uh, like McCoy Beckton. so I'm 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 more worried about from the neck up. Can he just get through those those little ruts, man? Where he's just going out there and saying, you know what, I it is what it is. I got to let it fly. I just got to play hard and play fast and be physical. Because that's ultimately what it is at the online position, man. You're not know, gonna always be mechanically sound, but if you're physical and you're a willing hunter and you banging bodies and you put your face mask against another man's and you're trying to oppose your will, good things come out of that. So he has to just – he has to let the dog out, honestly. He just has to go out there, and he's probably from his online coach, his assistant online coach, so everybody in the business, trying to tell him how to do and what to do. Sometimes being a football player, is just going out there and playing football. He's been doing it a long time. He just got to trust himself.
2: He was so – when he was on the field his rookie year, he was really dominant, especially as a run blocker. Um, yep. Can, can he be as versatile as a pass blocker, Willie, with that knee in his in the back of his mind?
3: Yeah, I think so. It, listen, I was I was a guy that dealt with knee issues, uh, especially towards the latter part of my career. A lot of it is just fine at getting yourself warmed up and 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 physically prepared to take on all of that. Um, he's a young fella. He's obviously dropped the weight. I thought he looked impressive coming into camp. Um, it's just a matter of him not making an excuse if he gets beat. It's the knee. Cause sometimes that'll happen. It's easy for the trainers or the people in the building to say, "Hey, man, you know this. He didn't react because of the knee, or this didn't happen because of the knee." Sometimes you got to say, no, I, do, I was just bad on this play and learn from it and grow from it. And that's, that's a sense of maturity. And that's a maturation period he's going to have to go through in reference to being the best ball player he wants to be. Sometimes it's not going to be the knee. Sometimes it's just you being a, a bad pass setter, but learn from it. And then sometimes it's going to be the knee. You know, I've never played alongside, alongside anybody or against anybody that didn't have some type of injury that hindered them um, from being the best they could be. It's just about battling through it. And it's a long season. It's going to be a lot of hard competitions. Ahead of him, and he's gotta be, he just got be—he he's got to have some grit and will about him. You know, you're not always gonna feel perfect.
2: Willie, as a veteran, how tough is it for Conor McGregor to do what he's doing? Conor McGovern, rather, to do what he's doing now, holding, trying to hold on to his job while also obligated to try to help Joe Tippman?
3: You know, it's tough. You know, because uh, such a—I I love the pick not only because of his size, because he—he you tell he's gritty, he, he battles hard. Um, you tell he's been taught right, and he's a finisher. Uh, he has a lot of the same kind of grit and will you saw with AVT. Um, the thing about Connor, man, you can only control what you control. It's, it's, it's a very it's a weird position to be in because, yeah, you want to help the guy, but at the same time, that guy you're helping is there to take your position. So Connor just has to be spot on, be the ultimate pro. This is a long season. There's a chance that, you know, Pittman may be playing right guard next to him or left guard next to him. You're going to need him. And at that, you know, anytime you're caught in that situation, the business is going to be the business. You know, the process is going to be the process. You just got to be a professional about your business and be respectful and help the young fella because at the end of the day, you're going to need him. You know, you don't know what part of the season. You're going to need him to go out there and compete. And you you got to, he has to believe he can trust you and you got to be able to trust him. So going through all that, believing in each other, fighting for each other, trusting each other um, is important. And it, it can't be a situation where I'm going to hold back because I don't want you to take my position because whether you're in there or not, you need him. So uh, at the end of the day, he just has to be consistent and uh, keep his head up and keep keep grinding.
2: Couple more for you, Willie. How tough is it for Elijah Vera Tucker? There's some conversation. He may have to move from one side to the other side. He may, may have to move from tackle to tackle, from end to end. How tough is that to move from left to right? Is there a major difference in playing one side to the other?
3: It can be. It can be challenging. Um, just because a lot of times you're you're flipping the plays and the details of every play in your head. Um, your assignment is just, you know, flipped over but from a mechanical standpoint. It's all about being more fluid, uh, finding your finding finding mechanic's your in tournament. And, and at the end of the day, you know, for a lot of these young guys who, not just ABT, but a lot of young guys are going to be forced to play up and down that line. And so you just have to be fluid and open-minded. Sometimes as offensive lineman, if you only played right tackle from high school to college and now you're in the league and you actually play now left guard, sometimes guys handicap themselves. Yeah, because they, they're not used to it or they're uncomfortable or they're worried about getting beat or exposed. You know, that's the league, man. I, my time as a Pittsburgh Steeler, I wouldn't have made the team if I wasn't able to play a little guard, if I wasn't able to play left tackle. You know, that was the first thing Russ Grimm, officer offensive line coach, told me. He's like, you know, as much as we love you at right tackle, you got to be able to play other positions if you want to at least suit up on Sunday. He said, because if a guy goes down and I need you, you're part of that lineup, i got to throw you in there and i got to trust that you can get the job done. So, that opened my eyes to not just consider myself a right tackle. Uh, it was about me being able to play guard and, and knowing my position and knowing my role within that. And so um, it's, it's a matter of it's, it's obviously just the task is from the neck up, but from the neck down, man, um, it's just about honing in and, and getting comfortable about where you're at.
2: Willie, I know it was against second, third, and maybe even fourth stringers, but from an offensive line standpoint, how impressive was the Jet defense on uh, against Carolina?
3: Man, they were some dogs. They got after it. You tell they, they kind of pinned their ears back. And that's indicative when you had an offense that's putting points on the board. That that fuels the defense. And I think, you know, there's a couple guys that I fell in love with. This guy, Bruce Hackett. I don't know who the hell he is, but he's a dog. Um, I feel like he, he has that kind of grit and that toughness you need, especially in the interior play. And i will take some pressure off Quentin to kind of be – the lead horse that he's kind of in a, he's in a pack with some guys that can really hunt just like him. And Al was the addition of him. I thought, it was, you know, he didn't play much, but um, he didn't play at all actually. But he, he's a guy who was actually a rookie when I was in Pittsburgh. So Al's been in the league 12 years, maybe. Um, and he's bounced around the league, but he's been a solid vet. always knows what to do. Always at the right place. It was going to give you everything you got each and every play. So the Jets did a good job of adding quality depth, but depth that has, that's versatile I think we was able to see that against Carolina. That's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting front line, man.
2: It is, it is. If they can stay healthy, they, they they can make some noise. They can make some noise. Yep. All right, my friend. Thanks for a couple of minutes. I have to let you get to bed. You have a morning show to do.
3: Yeah, and I gotta I gotta go read the kids a bedtime story. They're already paddling on the door.
2: All right, well, I don't I don't want you to get in trouble <laughs> with the kids, so we'll talk soon. Thanks for a couple of <laughs> minutes, Willie. <laughs> no problem. All right, see you later. Willie Collow. Always great talking to you. Great information. We'll get your response to what he had to say and then give you my thoughts as well. That's next on 98.7 ESPN.
1: This is the Dan Grasse Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI.
0: That's the number eight. S A V E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S A V E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
2: Aaron Boone. And this was a fight I would throw the towel from the dugout so we could get Smith out of the game. I mean, they're just killing them with just – there's not power. It's just like hit after hit after hit. The, the, Atlanta is just really good. They're really good. And me, after just, you know, having the shakes from a 21-run barrage against the Mets, I mean – and Clark Smith is pitched well. He's not pitched badly. And Ian Hamilton's up in the bullpen, as Joe and I were talking. Ian Hamilton – uh Trying to be Paul Quantro under Joe Torrey. <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to need another arm. <laughs> no question about it. He's going to need another arm. Eight to two. And now you got to try to get out. What about 2,000 outs? <laughs> Not good. Not good. Johnson Freehold. John, you're next on the Dan Grosser Show.
4: Hey, good evening, Larry. How you doing, buddy?
2: Hey, John, what's happening?
4: Uh, nothing much, nothing much. Uh, getting charged up for our Jets season. I know we talk okay. Knicks throughout the year, but uh, yes. nothing's really going on with them right now. So the Jets are at the forefront, and I'm excited, as everybody else seems to be right now. I know you're a Jet fan as well. Um, John, I love this John, move with Dalvin.
2: I am not a Jet fan. I covered the Jets. I'm not a Jet fan. Oh, you're not? Ahead. No, sir. But go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry.
4: That's I, I okay. thought you had been, Larry. No, no, um, okay.
2: Just let, setting the record straight.
4: I love this Dalvin Cook move today because it gives them insurance in case Brees Hall isn't ready. Mm-hmm. Michael Carter had an off season a year ago. Uh, we don't know what Bam Knight eventually, you know, ultimately is going to be. And you brought the rookie in from Pitt, so yeah. a lot of uncertainty there. And I like the idea you're all you're all in team now with Aaron Rodgers. You're going for the gusto. You're trying to win that Super Bowl. And as far as I'm concerned, you can't give him enough weapons. And uh, to make him most effective and most comfortable and confident on the field and make him happy. Uh, he's given up a lot of salary and, and amongst other things to come here. And he's all charged up and he's all excited and he's refreshed and rejuvenated. And I think this just adds some more juice to him and this team bringing Dalvin Cook aboard. But with that being said, Larry, uh, games are one and lost in the trenches as far as I'm concerned.
5: Absolutely.
6: And
4: I, when it comes to my offensive line, Larry, I don't like to live on ifs and buts. And rely on guys that have an injury history, and I'm specifically talking about Beckton and big Dwayne Brown. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to have to be a point at some. I was hoping Zach Martin was going to be the guy that Joe Douglas was going to grab because uh, he was this discontentment in, in uh, Dallas there. He was putting pressure on Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones didn't seem like he was going to move on, on the money that uh, – he was looking for but uh, then they seemed to come to some kind of agreement today and he got yep. that uh, couple extra bucks added on for the next two years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's if that's fully fixed that situation in Dallas if he if he still wants out from there or, or whatever the case may be. No, nah, he's going to be there for the next is, couple I, of
2: years, John. He's going to be there next two years. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I I I just can't I just can't go into this, you know, all in season with Aaron Rodgers trying to win a Super Bowl right now without fortifying that offensive line. Like I said, it can't be ifs and buts. It can't be bringing in guys that have either an issue with age or a history of injuries. Joe Douglas, I feel, has to go out. He's got more money to work with now. The next move he's got to make is really bring in a proven, um, elite offensive lineman to really fortify I agree
2: fortify with you a 1,000%, John. I do. Thanks for the phone call. But here's the issue that he has. If there is an offensive lineman who is any good, he is not available right now. Guys who are available are, are usually struggling. Either they're missed, uh, they're, they're on the border of being busts, or they're not as good as what you have. You just like a backup in an emergency situation. Uh, that's usually what the situation is right now. If you have a really, really talented front-line offensive lineman or defensive lineman, nobody's letting them go now. You're holding on to them. If anything, you're arresting them. <laughs> you don't want them to get hurt. You are holding on to them. Offensive linemen, really good offensive linemen, are a commodity. And you it's going to be very hard to find one because people don't let them go. Because that's that's how important they are. Because, John, like you, everybody understands that you win in the trenches. You win offensive line play, defensive line play, and you go from the trenches backwards. And that's how you win games. Other than the quarterback, for me, other than the quarterback, your line play is the most important part of your team. Yes, I know you need wide receivers. Yes, I know you need corners. Yes, I know you need linebackers to go from one sideline to the other. Yes, I know you need depth. I got it. I got it. I understand. But other than quarterback, that line play is essential for you. It's essential. It dictates everything time of possession, what you can do, scoring, everything. Everything you can imagine is from that line of scrimmage. We'll continue the conversation next. It's Hardest D for Grasso on 987 ESPN
1: is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN.
2: It's, 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 if you're a Jet fan, it's a good feeling. You gotta, you gotta feel pretty good about this. You have depth now at the running back position. And, you know, if Brees Hall, Bruce Hall, you could just spot him in. he be a third down guy. You know, third, we want a, different looks. I mean, you know, there's no pressure on him. And what does that do for your running back room? You talk about elevating the competition. Coaches love this too. Oh, competition breeds better performances. So everybody wants to get on the field, right? Everybody wants to get on the field behind Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, you got to, so not a whole lot of snaps. It's going to be available. Sure. You know, if you're the rookie who looks pretty, looked good yesterday. I mean, on, on Saturday, if you're Carter, if you're Knight, <laughs> the tempo's just been up. The pressure's just been up. If you want to play, you got to outperform a veteran with experience who can block and who can catch the ball out of the backfield and who can run. <sighs> it's pretty good. It's not bad. It's not a bad. Not bad situation. Back to the phones. Jose's in Brooklyn. Jose, you're next on 98.7. Hey,
5: thank thank you, Larry, for taking my call. Shout out to the company. And pretty um, excited about the news about the Jets, you know. And by the way, um, just to – I'm not going to belabor on the Yankees, but – Ugh. Can You know, this, this is what happens when you actually face what what, what a real championship contending Major League Baseball team is supposed to look like, and it's not looking good, and I kind of want it to be as bad as how they drummed up your Mets, Larry, like I, re- I really do, like, you know, I do not mind a 21-3 score right now, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh yeah, no, yeah, I, I know, but hey, it, it, it's been I, I think it's been that horrible of a season where 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 the expectations just came up short. But hey, I it is you. what it is. I yeah. got you. So the see the the, the 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 big concern is still the offensive line with the Jets, you know, I still hope that they can make a move. I don't, you know, it do, it doesn't look like they're going to get anything but spare parts, but we'll see how that happens. Um and I'm very happy with the Dalvin Cook signing because it does give give you know more depth to the situation. I am a little bit worried about Michael Carter. Does look like he's going to be the odd man out in the situation uh, mm-hmm. with how they're talking about Issy and um, Knight. But uh, we'll see how we'll see how the rest of the preseason works out. And also, this is a blessing in disguise for Brees Hall. He does not have to take as many carries. He can pretty much, you know, have a semi-rest period for the first half of the season. And he can still be, and it still carries off of the long game of when when he is up for contract. And since he was a second-round pick, they won't have, you know, that fifth-year option, you know, game where they can still franchise tag him. So they'll have to franchise tag him after after, um, that first contract ends. So we'll see how this works out.
2: It should work out well, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. Because here's the thing. It's a one-year deal. If he's not good, bye. <laughs> Simple. Simple. If he's not good, you move on. And you have a stable of running backs. And hopefully you'll have uh, Brees Hall next year fully recovered from his injury. And he'll be a year into it. And he'll be even better than he will be this year. So you, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for the Jets. Mark's in Newark. What's up, Mark? Hey, what's going What's going on, Larry? I'm good, man. What's happening with you?
7: Oh, I'm good, too, just watching the Mets. Um, so, I wanted Dalvin Cook better than anything, got him. So, a few <laughs> things crossed my mind about that. You mentioned him, actually, and I think I mentioned him before when I was talking about getting him the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, with Brees Hall, yeah, he's going to get a little uh, a chance to, to be eased in, and I, I think that that can only be a good thing. You were talking with uh, with Willie about about Makai Beckton's uh, uh, obstacles being a lot from the neck up, mm-hmm. if his if his knee doesn't physically hurt, which is understandable, like kind of like post traumatic stress disorder or something to that effect. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 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 it can be said that, that 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 same thing happened with Saquon Barkley, and and I wouldn't be surprised if that same kind of thing happened with. Uh, pretty much any athlete, but but with uh, Brees Hall as well, because it, it is a traumatic thing uh, that that it's like you know, oh no, is my knee, and and that thought, you know, stopping you from like Willie said, just balling out. So yeah. there's that. Um, uh, but the other benefit that I see by having a uh, top running back in the NFL is that, like you said, too. He knows how to do other things that are necessary for a good running back to do. And for me, that's why I keep hearing about how how they're, you know, uh, underpaid, undervalued, and all that dumb crap. The running backs, man, they, you, when you're talking about they got a chip, they got a leak, they got a run, all those things you told that other caller.
2: Uh-huh. And,
7: and Dalvin Cook does all those things well, right? Yep. So, and, and when you say they got a chip, it ain't like that means uh, you, you just got to look at him and smile. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't what that means. <laughs> and then, and then there's there's another aspect too. In mm-hmm. the same way that the experience of of Aaron Rodgers, it can only help. Now, I don't think he's gonna be, but I don't know. But but Jack Wilson can only learn. Uh, how to really play the position, Uh, there couldn't have been a better guy for him to to tutor under. There just couldn't. Uh, Like Steve Young in Montana. They might not have got along, but you best believe Steve took a whole lot of stuff from
2: Joe. Yeah. No question, Mark. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. And, you know, that's what the Jets are hoping. Now, I don't know what the end game is for the Jets. You know, are they hoping that he can be good enough in the two years or year or two or however long Aaron Rodgers is here they, will he be able to be good enough to be a starter for them I would have to say no because let's face it I'll ask you this and Joe always gets Chantel ho- hold on to Joe because he's going to faint every time I start talking about you know that quarterback number two Zach Wilson he gets the weak need. So, let's face it. If you were the Jets, how good would he have to be before you renew the five-year contract? Exactly. He's not going to be. They hope that he is good enough so that they can move on from him and get a draft pick or something. That's what they hope. Because... what. He would have to give you a complete 180 before you said, okay, we'll sign him, to extend him. You're not going to do that. All right, put it to you. Let's, let's make it even clearer than that. He has not been as good as Daniel Jones. And they didn't want to give Daniel Jones the fifth-year option. <laughs> he had to earn it in the fifth year. Okay, and he hasn't been as good as Daniel Jones. Did you? I, personally, I don't see them keeping Zach Wilson. They hope I would think if it were me. Let's put it that. Way, if it were me, I would hope he is good enough that he could possibly somebody would think he would be a really good backup, and then I would just move him on and get rid of him. And move him to, you know, move him to another team who will take who will take over. That's what I would do. That's just me. Just me. Jason's in Pine Bush. What's up, Jason?
6: Larry Harsty. What's up, brother? Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for taking my call.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Jason, good to talk to you. What you got for me, my friend?
6: Yeah, man. I listen to you all the time. First of all, shout out to Joe, your producer. He's from my area. I appreciate that. Uh number two, I'm from uh I have to say Nobody plays better music on ESPN Radio than Larry Hardesty. Han well, my crew, Bart I can't
2: take all Scott. the credit now, Jason. Shout out my crew, too. Shout out my crew. Yo, I'm <laughs>
6: telling you, bro. It's you, and then you know who's coming for you is Alan Hahn and Bart Scott because they be playing them tunes as well. So their crew is dope as well. But, like, I think you got them. You know, every single time I'm listening to your show, which is often, I'm like, Larry's got them tunes, baby. So I get to listen to good sports, good tunes. Come on, man. It's a win-win.
2: I appreciate you.
6: So, check it out, Larry. Here's what I got. I was listening to you last night talk to a caller, which was a pretty great thing, and I was just kind of rummaging through some stats. Um, so, I just uh, had the 2022 stats for the Jets and the Bengals, how many sacks they gave up. And uh looks like the Jets gave up 42 sacks last year with Zach Wilson and the whole hodgepodge of mess that we had. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Ice Cold Joe, uh, 44. So, they had m- m- more sacks. And I-, I think that caller gave you stats yesterday that were a little different, but still comparable now i want to say let me start my point off by saying i love robert sawa i'm a mm-hmm. lifelong diehard jets fan okay. and i want to quote friday the movie here because the jets right. in my lifetime i'm 46 have been a quote from from friday you got two things that never go together peanut butter no jelly we always have two units bro we have a mm. offense and no defense and that's special teams or we got a defense and an offense with no special teams Uh, circa uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. We lost at the playoffs because we couldn't play special teams. Right now we got three phases. And as it pertains very specifically to Aaron Rodgers, somebody who played high-level baseball, college baseball, people don't understand when you got a legend and a GOAT type of player on your team how it affects everybody else. How many Mm -hmm. of those sacks that we gave up last year was because yippee fit Zach Wilson, who didn't know what the hell he was doing and where he was going with the ball, actually walked up into an A-gap blitz and walked into a sack when he was supposed to actually step back or some of those wacky doodle spin moves on the wrong foot that he tried to do to get out and got sacked. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be that guy. He's going to tell Makai Beckton and everybody else, when the A-gap blitz comes, here's what we're doing. I'm letting rid of the ball in 1.4 seconds, and it's going to the hot read here. Ain't nobody taking no sack, or he's going to throw it in the ground because he's not going to get hit. We're not getting sacked. So as as, as far as the offensive line, yeah, it's been a point of contention and concern. If we're healthy, brother, this offensive line is going to surprise and roll a lot of people. That's the first part. And then the second part here, I agree with you 100%. We're displaying Zach Wilson and also Michael Carter. I love that kid. I love his attitude. But we got younger kids who are less. We got less time with or more time with them. And we just picked up uh, Cook. Carter is basically auditioning, so we can trade him and get some picks. Because right now, this is the load-up. And so here's my point. Now, let's see if you agree with me. I told you in the beginning of the call, I love Robert Sala, mm-hmm. but right now we got three phases. We got talent. We got positivity. We got optimism. We got good people in the room. We got free agents wanting to come here. What what's going to come down to, to me in my opinion, is Robert Sala, and mm-hmm. here's why. When you get Aaron Rodgers with this Jets team, you're not scared to play anybody. I'm not saying we're better than anyone in the in the league. I'm not saying we're number 1 in the league or number 10. But when we roll into Arrowhead as a visitor, we're not scared to play the Chiefs in their house. I'm not saying we're going to win. We're not scared with Aaron Rodgers. If we're healthy, we're not scared rolling and they were like, "Yo, we'll, we'll come see you anywhere. Name the time and place."
2: You're right. And that's where and thanks for the phone call and the kind words. That's where you want to be. But then the question becomes with all the talent that you have, and even special teams, as I talked to Ritsamini yesterday about it, is playing well. It still comes down to coaching. I'll explain next on 98.7 ESPN.
6: I'm like, Larry's got them tunes, babies.
1: Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.